0: Ah, You know, Adrian, it's a lovely day. Ah, yes, it is. I guess that most people think that just because we're terrific rivals, you, the great Adrian Newey, the king of design at Red Bull, and me, the team principal of Aston Martin, we never get to actually hang out socially. I'm sure people just don't picture us as we are right now sitting together in my garden, on deck chairs, enjoying the sun together. Well, I guess we have our shared hobby to thank for that, Otmar. Yes, Adrian. I love gardening just as much as you do. Yes, Otmar. And I have to say that your lawn and your roses are looking exceptionally nice in this sunshine today. Why, thank you, Adrian. But I hope you don't mind me saying... There is one element of your garden that needs a little more work. What do you mean, Adrian? I couldn't help but notice that your soil isn't in as good a condition as it should be. How so? I can see that the soil particles are substantially larger than they need to be for optimum horticultural performance. Really? Trust you with your superb scientific brain to spot that. Come on then, what's the solution? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? You need a greater rake. Ha! That's what I like about you, Adrian. Never off duty and always with the jokes. Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. She's Sarah. Hello. He's Zog. Hello. And I'm sure that I'm speaking for the whole world of F1 fans, not just Sarah and Zog, when I say I am well chuffed that F1 is back. F1's back. And we didn't have to wait, like last year, for the season to start in... When was it? June, the first race in Austria. Yeah, we lost... Melbourne, but we did get the first race, didn't we, Zerry? Are you excited to have F1
1: back? I'm very excited to have F1 back, and like you said, it wasn't in Melbourne, so it wasn't the usual feel of the beginning of the season. Melbourne usually caps off the season and really makes it feel like it's a whole new year, and you know, the tradition of a lot of the drivers that win in Melbourne usually carry on and they win the season, so it was a little bit strange not to have that initial race in the traditional city in the world. But I loved that the year has kicked off and it's kicked off in time. And I'm looking forward to what will be what? A 22 race year.
0: 23 race season. Yeah.
1: 23. My bad.
0: Well, we've had one. So, yeah, we've still got another 22 to go. I'll give you that. So, did you watch all the coverage, practice and
2: everything? I didn't watch absolutely every minute, but I watched all of the practice, qualifying sessions, had popcorn for the race. Oh, good lad. And it was a, certainly a popcorn-worthy mm-hmm. race. Great, love popcorn. And I got about halfway through the new season of the Netflix F1 documentary is a, by way of extra build-up.
0: Yeah, I haven't watched um, Crash to Survive or whatever it's called for season three.
1: Drive to Survive.
0: That's it. There you go. Crash to not survive. That's right. And I don't know. I find it a bit weird. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah,
2: that is a whole other conversation. But I think it's a great show. Yeah, I think they've done a very good job with it, I think.
0: Anyway, Well, before we get to the great show that is F1, I've got to mention that it's not just F1 that's back, but F2's back. And there have been some changes to the weekend format for F2. Um, As a pal of mine observed on Twitter, Tony Taylor, the other week, he says pretty much exactly what I say. I reckon if you subscribe to Sky F1, what you're really subscribing to is the F2 entertainment and you get Formula One thrown in for free. Because F2, once again, is tremendous entertainment. And like I said, they've changed the weekend round. They now have three F2 races over the weekend. Two sprint races and one feature race. And Sarah, you're going to be particularly interested in hearing this. I counted three Antipodean racing drivers in Formula 2 this year. Two Kiwis and one Australian.
1: Yeah, brilliant. There's some really good, young, talented Australian drivers, actually. So, yeah, I think I will watch that. Thank you very much. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, one of them is Oscar Piastri. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a great name. I keep wanting to call him um, pizzoria What was his name, the South African Blade Runner?
1: Oh, Oscar Pistorius.
0: Oscar Pistorius, I keep wanting to call him that. What's
1: what's going on with Zog? It's like he's rambling around with papers.
0: Zog has actually left us for a moment because I think his shopping delivery has just arrived. He's vanished from the screen. I can hear an awful lot of noise. Knowing Zog, it'll be 12 bags of chocolate, 11 bags of champagne, and possibly some camembert, and pate, and some French bread, but not much else. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask him when he comes back, when he arrives back in France. I'd
1: be okay with a delivery like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll take the champagne, definitely. Anyway, yeah, sorry, I was telling you about Australian drivers in F2. Oscar Piastri, who was very unlucky in the last lap of the feature race, and Dan Tictum, a young British driver who I'm following, spun him. And one of the Kiwis, Marcus Armstrong. And then my favourite of all the Antipodean drivers, uh, a Kiwi called Liam Lawson. A sort of Anglo-Irish name. Ah. And he actually won on his debut in the first sprint race. And whenever I hear the name Liam Lawson, I imagine him saying, I have a very special set of skills. (laughs) I will hunt you down and I will overtake you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like an old-school convict
0: name. Yeah, it does. You might be right, actually. Well spotted. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. (laughs) Gosh, you're very good with your... What's the term? Not etymology, but etymology of names. So, was that your shopping arriving, by any chance?
2: Uh, Yeah, apologies. Yeah, sorry. I just had a a Sainsbury's delivery. Got a uh, lockdown shopping delivery. Apologies for that. Uh, But no, actually, it wasn't 12 bags of chocolate. I get my wholesale (laughs) chocolate deliveries from the chocolate trading company... (laughs) who I can thoroughly recommend. (laughs) Rococo for smaller quantities. And I'm not saying that chocolate isn't a basic essential of life. It is. But this was just more of the basic essential. (laughs) Anyway. Back to Formula 1. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I missed most of your F2 wisdom and explanation there. But yeah, catch me
0: up. Don't worry. You can hear it when you listen to the podcast. But things to watch out for are Liam Lawson, who I just mentioned, who won on his debut, and Guan Yu Zhou, or Zhu, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, Chinese driver, who is brilliant. He's part of what used to be the Renault Academy. It's now called the Alpine Academy. And I reckon he's definitely on his way to being picked up by Formula 1. Because what Formula 1 wants, are drivers from every territory in which they race and China of course being one of the biggest potential markets for Formula One in the world they are mad keen to have a Chinese driver and this guy is very good I mean not just good enough really very good they bill F2 as the stars of the future and I think that's absolutely right so if you're not watching it go for it.
2: Yeah, I mean, Chinese drivers have made an impression, Hopin tongue, in endurance racing and in other areas, but we haven't had a Chinese driver in Formula One yet. So yeah, it'd be good to see China represented in the field.
0: Yeah, I think we had a Chinese driver do a practice session in Shanghai a few years ago, a chap I know, Ma Qinghua, who was one of the two drivers for the China team A1 GP, who was hopeless, really. He's a lovely lad, but he wasn't the quickest guy in the world. Genji Yang was much better, his teammate. But Hoping tongue, even though he's Chinese, he's technically Dutch. As in races under a Dutch license? He's born and bred in the Netherlands, but he does race under a Chinese license because he's ethnically Chinese. But Guan Yu Zhou would be the first Chinese-born driver to make it to Formula One, should it happen. And also, you know... No, no, I won't get into that. There's a whole other backstory about ownership of Alpine and Renault and them selling out and leaving Formula One and selling it to Geely, for instance. But that's a whole other story. I won't get into that. Right. Should we talk about qualifying? I've talked enough about Formula the second. Sarah, will you run down the starting grid for us from Bahrain 2021?
1: In 20th place, Nikita Mazepin from Haas Ferrari. He began at the very bottom of the grid. Mick Schumacher started at 19th. Sebastian Vettel in at 18th, and that was after a grid penalty, I believe. Nicholas Latifi, he started at 17, so that's really good for Williams to be a little bit further up the grid. Esteban Ocon for Alpine Renault. He started the race at 16th. George Russell for Williams at 15. Kimi Räikkönen for Alfa Romeo at 14. 13 Yuki Tsunoda from Alpha Tauri Honda. Antonio Giovinazzi for Alfa Romeo at 12. Sergio Perez, Red Bull Racing, he started at 11. Very impressive drive from him then when we talk about the results later. Lance Stroll starting the grid there at 10. Fernando Alonso, what a good qualifying for him for Alpine Renault at number 9. Carlos Saints at number eight for Ferrari. Starting the grid at seventh spot is Lando Norris for McLaren. Daniel Ricciardo, number six. Pierre Gasly for Alfatore at number five. Fourth on the grid is Charles Leclerc for Ferrari. Third on the grid, Valtteri Bottas. Lewis Hamilton starts at second. And Max Verstappen for Red Bull Racing starts at pole position.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Zoggy, how did that grid compare in your prediction of how it may play out?
2: Quite a lot of the grid was more or less as we expected, in that, for example, Max and Lewis were first and second, and it could have gone either way, but probably Max was favourite for pole. My main takeaway from qualifying, though, wasn't actually to do with the overall positions. It was Sonoda's performance, because I find it quite hard to get over the fact that in his first qualifying session... His first qualifying lap of his first Formula One event, he was second quickest. And it wasn't that he was one of the first half dozen cars out. Lewis, Max, Bottas, Perez, you know, a bunch of other proper experienced drivers had already done a qualifying lap or two. But still, Sonoda comes out in an Alpha Tauri, goes second quickest. What a star. And in fact, he ended up, what was it, 17? 13th, sorry. Yeah. yeah, he was 13th on the grid by the end of the sessions. But even so, I think that's a really spectacular first qualifying from him. He delivered in the race as well. Yeah, the guy's a star. Really, really impressive performance.
0: Yeah, well, like I said they're billing F2 as the stars of tomorrow and he was one of the stars of F2 last year listen back to me talking about F2 in last year's programs and you will hear me mentioning that so if you want to be able to say to your motorsport pals I told you so or I saw that coming go to F2 it will empower you it's such a treat you remember these names that I've mentioned to you especially Liam Lawson I will track you down I have a very special set of skills and I will overtake you he is worth following Sarah, let's talk about, we've got to start with Daniel Ricciardo. I know I always do this with (laughs) you, but how did you feel that he managed in qualifying up against Lando Norris? Because you pretty much called it in the last episode. You said, well, you know, Daniel's reliable. He's great. He's solid. He's experienced. But Lando Norris, he's a bit special. And that's how it played out. Except... Who was on top. Yeah, I
1: know. Well, well, am I allowed to say he was on top in the end with the race result? No.
0: Only in qualifying.
1: Oh, uh, well, well, in qualifying. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Daniel Ricciardo proved his worth. He's very reliable as we spoke. But like we said, Lando Norris is a very talented young gun. And he's, I guess, a little bit of a generation behind Daniel well, there must be 10 years between them. Yep. So probably a lot more exposure to the simulator in terms of, you know, the eSports side of things. So I think that that's what gives Lando Norris a bit of an edge on Daniel Ricciardo in that sense. But Daniel Ricciardo is all class, isn't he? He always delivers. So there you go. And it was a tough tussle. There's barely anything in between them when you look at the times.
0: Sherry, you really, really believe in the whole being able to perform in eSports translating to real driving, don't you?
1: I think there is a lot of depth in that, yes. I think so. I do believe if Max Verstappen or Orlando Norris go through and win the title, they'll be the first world champion driver that has actually got a background in esports.
0: Zoggy, one of the biggest disappointments in qualifying, apart from Mazepin spinning, of course, was the result of Mazepin spinning, which... Put Vettel in a bit of a situation, really, didn't it?
2: Yeah, without giving away any sort of spoilers for the race. Disappointing weekend for Vettel, I think. I think, you know, he'd have hoped and we'd all have hoped that with him starting a new year with... A rebranded racing point as Aston Martin and a team that's got some new investment and got some new life, new blood in it. I think we would all have been hoping for a bit better and expecting a bit better of Vettel. He was unlucky in qualifying and then he got caught out by Mazapin's spin, which happened just at the wrong time for him. He didn't really have time to react to the yellows maybe. But he hadn't been terribly impressive in practice sessions and Stroll had largely looked out of the measure of him, which for a four-time world champion is disappointing.
0: Yeah, I'd say precisely the same. I said in the last show that I thought Stroll was a better driver than we give him credit for, but he did actually walk all over Vettel in practice and qualifying. And after this short break, we'll discuss how that played out in the race. Come in. Crikey, Stephen Fry I never thought I'd see you in this neighbourhood ah, Billy Munger, my dear boy Come in Yes, yes, yes thank you What are you doing here? Ah, well, you see, I've been sent here by Channel 4 to help you get over your disadvantage. I don't have a disadvantage, thank you. Ah, well, there we go. See, it's the way that you speak. The top brass at Channel 4 think that you need help with your elocution. What do you mean? Whenever I'm on TV, I think things through thoroughly. Ah, yes, well, there you go, dear boy. It's not think things through thoroughly, is it? It's think things through thoroughly. You have a tendency to pronounce the letter th as a f Oh, I see. I've never noticed that. Well, don't worry, boy. I'm here to help you fix that. So let's start with a few simple speech exercises, shall we? Say after me, I thought I saw three or four thirsty Formula Fords thrust and thrum through the thoroughfare of Thruxton Thursday fortnight. I thought I saw three or four thirsty formula fords thrust and from through the thoroughfare of Fraxton Thursday Fortnite. Oh no, that's really hard, I'll never get it. Okay, then let's try something a little simpler. After me Theodore Slotova. Theodore Slotova. Theodore Slotova. Theodore Slotover, Theodore Slotover, Theodore Slotover. No, 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 no. Try it again and remember it's not Theodore, it's Theodore. Theodore Slotover. Yeah, much better. Why did you make me say that? Because it's Ted Kravitz's real name, dear boy. Theodore Slotover. Yeah, 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 yeah. My George, I think he's got it. Well done, dear boy. Thank you, Stephen Fry. Uh, 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 um. Sorry. Th- thank you, Stephen Fry. Yeah, 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 you're welcome. Is that it? You going now? Yes, I think my work here is done. You know, your problem isn't so bad, Billy Munger. I once had to help a commentator who constantly said F instead of M. Was that a big problem? Not until he had to introduce Martin Brundle. You're a Joe Not only was I chuffed to have F1 back, but at the start of the F1 race, I saw something which I'm pretty sure has never occurred in Formula One ever in its 61 year history. Is that what it is now? And that is on the starting grid, albeit right at the very back, there was a car that was built in Wales.
1: Look out. <laughs>
2: Yes, the Aston Martin safety car looked pretty good. I love the Aston Martin racing colours and yeah, the green and yellow striped safety car looked terrific. Welcome to the grid. Mm -hmm. Welcome to F1.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah, it's the medical car, the DBX, that was built in Wales. The Vantage that they're using, well, that's still built in England, in Gaydon. But I'll take that. (laughs)
2: I've got a Welsh car on the grid. I'm happy. I bow to your more detailed (laughs) knowledge of Welsh versus English Aston Martin (laughs) origination.
0: Right. As predicted, almost, I suppose, first lap of the race, Mazepin goes off and hands up if, like me, when you saw a house going off on the first lap at Bahrain, you had a flashback to Grosjean's dreadful crash in that moment, I go, oh, oh, just for a microsecond,
2: not again. I didn't have that. Honestly, my immediate reaction was, that has to be Mazepa. I just, <laughs> you know
1: really my immediate reaction was what a shame it was his first ever race and he just sort of self-sabotaged a little or maybe he didn't tell me the circumstance gareth you're the expert
2: <laughs> he's just probably not very good i think that's exactly right mm. yeah well, let's give him a chance to improve but he's not looking like the best young prospect is he do
0: you know what i can imagine what the next series of uh drive to crash is going to be like
1: drive to survive gareth <laughs> oh yes that's
0: what it right yes, yes yes and what gunter is going to say That precise moment. More expletives than a sex pistols gig. Yeah. Now by lap two, Mick Schumacher in the other house achieved more than his dad did on his debut. Now, if memory serves, Schumacher Senior's first race was in a Jordan, of course, at spa in was it 91? Now, and if I remember. Schumacher started from seventh or something like that in the grid but only lasted a couple of hundred metres before the clutch expired on his car. But that was enough for Flavio Briatore to sign into Benetton because he thought, oh, this lad's quick.
2: Yeah, he made quite an impression in those few laps, to be fair. And a better impression than Mick Schumacher made, I would say, given that young Mick spanned pretty much immediately the race restarted.
0: Yeah, but Mick did make it to the end of the race, which is significantly more than Mazepin did. God, blimey. And then as we got into the race... We had some brilliant, I was going to say midfield action, but I don't think it's fair to call it midfield anymore. I'm talking about Norris and Leclerc going wheel to wheel because the Ferraris are quicker than we were expecting. And of course, the McLarens were every bit as quick as we were expecting, almost in the very upper echelon. But Norris had a great race,
2: didn't he? He did. Yeah, no, he was very impressive. Norris was a real star this weekend. And McLaren looked like they have taken that step forward. The top six or seven cars were more or less what you'd expect and that you'd expect to have the two Mercedes and the two Red Bulls up there and a Ferrari and a McLaren and that's exactly what we had and then that midfield behind them it's nicely jumbled up it's looking quite close it bodes well for the season
0: yeah they're not two by two by two it's a bit of a salt and pepper mix isn't it I like that I'll tell you what that other new driver this season that young Alonso he looks quite promising doesn't he
2: (laughs) young Alonso had a good start to the race shame he had brake trouble but yeah Kids got potential.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, you must be disappointed that when it actually all played out, that London Norris finished three places ahead of Daniel Ricciardo because Ricciardo had a pretty solid race and he's not unhappy at McLaren, is he? But I think Norris may be benefiting from being the incumbent driver scenario.
1: Possibly. I mean, let's give it time. (laughs) But um, I think the positive there is that McLaren really had the edge on Ferrari in the end and I think that they've closed the gap to Mercedes and Red Bull so I think it's going to be a really good season when you look at what the top three to four teams are and I think this race or the first race has made it quite clear I think that who the top teams are and who sort of the middle of the field might be and who might be towards the end of the field but I think Daniel Ricciardo did well considering but I did have a bit of a chin wag with my father last night and he seemed to believe that Daniel Ricciardo had a couple of little problems with his car. Or is that just making an excuses because we're Australian.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think he maybe had a bit of tyre trouble towards the end of the race. Maybe his tyres were going off a bit more than he might have liked. OK. Off often the way towards the end of the race, though, isn't it? I'm a big Danny Rick fan, but I think, if I'm honest, I think Lando is probably just slightly quicker. Danny Ricciardo has the edge on experience, but has... The disadvantage, as you say, Gareth, of being a newcomer to the team, whereas Lando is nicely embedded there and has been working well with the team for a while... So, Ricardo is a little bit on the back foot in that sense. Let's see how it evolves over the season, but they're going to be pretty close. I really hope they work well together, because as a driver pairing, if you had to go out for a drink with any two drivers of any single team, surely you'd pick McLaren, you
0: know? No, I would choose either Lance Stroll or Nikita Mazepin, because they're so darn wealthy, they can pay for all the drinks. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what, Gareth? I'm quietly confident that any of those drivers might be able to cover those drinks. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) fair
0: point, point i was ruminating on aston martin i think as a brit and as a jordan fan historically the fact that the jordan team that became midland that became spiker that became force india that became racing point that is now aston martin i'd really like to be able to support them but i don't have a place in my heart for lance stroll and I wanted to have a place in my heart for Vettel because I liked Vettel at Red Bull. and I liked Vettel at Ferrari, but I think he's possibly fallen off the cliff edge in terms of performance now. What I'm getting to is I would love Aston Martin to have two truly brilliant drivers that I could get behind and support. And I was allowing myself a bit of a fantasy. I was thinking, okay, assuming Lewis wins the eighth world championship this year and retires. And that's not a given, but it's a likely scenario. It would be an immediate shuffle of the grid. And if Lawrence Stroll looked at the performance of his team at the end of the year and saw that Vettel was seriously outperformed by his son, then he would think, right, well, we need to put someone else in. So, assuming Mercedes make a play for either Max Verstappen or George Russell who they own they can't have both or if they do have both that frees up Bottas so that could potentially put Bottas in the Aston Martin if we don't see George Russell there you see what I'm getting at that would be great what I'm getting to is I can see Vettel being asked to consider retirement halfway through the season if his performance doesn't pick up The trouble is, hasn't he bought shares in Aston Martin himself? So that would be triply complicated. Am I extrapolating too much?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think you may be taking that a little bit too far. You're going out on a bit of a limb there. Let's give it another couple of races at least to see how things evolve. But it was a bad weekend for Vettel. It wasn't such a bad weekend for Aston Martin overall. After testing, things were looking a little bit rocky for them, given that I think we were hoping for a step forward. They were certainly expecting that. And, you know, they complained loudly about how the rule changes have affected them, how their lower rate design has been badly affected by the rules and they had reliability problems in testing. Practice, you know, they weren't looking spectacular, but in the end, Stroll scored points for them. They got their first points of the season in the first race. That's not bad. Vettel running into the back of Ocon like that was pretty clumsy. It was pretty silly.
1: I thought so too. It just goes to show that he still has that unforced
0: error. You beat me to it, Sarah. (laughs) I was going to say, I bet you're going to say that. Another Vettel unforced error. And moreover... He then tried to blame it on Ocon, which yeah, I can't see the reason in that. I really can't. Yeah,
2: I think he's generally, and particularly more recently, has been quite good at owning his mistakes, but certainly not in this case. No, when somebody passes you like that, you can't just run into the back of them. You know they're going to take their line for the corner and you know they're going to break. You have to avoid them. Yeah. Yeah, very, very silly.
0: This race wasn't without its controversy. I'm talking about the battle in the closing five laps, I suppose, between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. Now, throughout the earlier part of the race, Lewis had been going wide at certain parts of the track. Mostly turn four. Turn four, thank you. And hadn't been given a penalty For it, but when it came to racing and overtaking, when Max passed Lewis and went four wheels off the track, he was immediately told to give that back now. In my understanding, he gained a racing position, a lasting advantage from that, which is why he was given the penalty. Sarah, did you feel that was fair or an unfair judgment on Max that he had to give that place back to Lewis having passed him?
1: I think it was in the end because even though during the race there were times where Hamilton went off the track and I think Red Bull did complain about that, I don't think he was able to gain what they say a lasting advantage so i think what the race director the rule says that drivers can't leave the track to gain a lasting advantage and if they do then they have to give that back so even though earlier in the race hamilton was sort of warned i suppose he never actually gained a lasting advantage where in fact when the staff did it he did
0: Well, let me put that to you. I would choose you as my barrister. If I was going to court (laughs) and I had someone who would go by the letter of the law, would go with a logical answer. How is it not a lasting advantage if you're not overtaking someone?
2: This question of track limits and how you enforce them, how much you enforce them, has been an issue for years and was again at Bahrain. As you say, the rule is clear that you are not allowed to gain a lasting advantage by exceeding the track limits. So if every now and again you go a little bit wide, you know, you get your line slightly wrong and you get all four wheels off the track, no penalty is required. And as you say, earlier in the race, Hamilton and Bottas and other drivers had been frequently going a little bit wide at turn four. But race control did, during the race, send out a message that they were going to be clamping down on that that drivers like Hamilton who were going wide at turn 4 would have to stop doing that if they carried on going that wide they were going to get a penalty and we heard the team radio instructing the Mercedes drivers to rein it in not to go wide so no I think it was all perfectly fair it's clear that first of all Verstappen did gain an advantage he gained a place by going wide there and he did that after race control had made it clear that they were going to be keeping an eye on turn four. And they weren't going to tolerate people going too wide there. So yeah, I think at the same time that that whole track limits going a little bit wide thing can be a grey area, and we know that often at races before the race in the briefing it will be made clear to the drivers where they're going to be looking for infringements of track limits. This was clear enough. Yeah. And then we should just go on and say that Hamilton's defence in the closing stages of the race there was just sublime. He did an absolutely beautiful job of judging where to put his car. Yeah. And to not give Max any more opportunity than he could. And it was absolutely beautiful, beautiful management of his situation in the closing stages of the race. Yeah, he really deserved that win when Max had the quicker car and And we knew from 20 minutes before the end of the race, we knew when Max was going to catch up to Lewis. You know, we knew that he was going to be able to take a shot at him. And Lewis managed to deal with all that and take a very well deserved win.
0: Yeah, very grown up, there was no swerving, there was no unpleasantness, there was no argy-bargy, it was proper grown up racing, it reminded me of the last five laps of every F2 race, where it's like that wheel-to-wheel stuff, and very often it's decided on the last corner of the last lap, it's fantastic. After the race when Max was interviewed, Tycho, one of my sons and I, we were watching it here, after the race, Jensen Button said to Max, Max, you must be very disappointed and Tycho turned to me and said Max doesn't feel disappointment he feels anger (laughs) that's Max that's a good observation do you think it was the right result Sarah in the end or should it have been Max's race
1: oh that's a good question Uh, it depends how much one would like to stick to the rules (laughs)
2: yeah yeah yeah. you gotta stick to the rules if you you don't Uh, stick to the rules it's not sport
1: come on you're a sportswoman you know
0: the value of that (laughs) don't you (laughs) sticking To the rules do you know what regarding the rules it's something that we're not privy to but so you've raced in karting with me beforehand you get a briefing you're told where parts of the circuit you are and you're not allowed to go off and stuff the one thing that we don't see because the coverage on sky sport is really extensive it's fantastic but what we don't ever see is the driver's briefing And with all this new controversy over track limits and stuff, it would be really nice to see the driver's briefing these days. There have been clips of driver's briefing in the past. I remember Senna coming up against Balustray.
2: Yeah, in that Senna documentary, there's a very good clip of a driver's briefing. Yeah, you're right. It will be fascinating to see what goes on in that driver's briefing. Given how much access the Netflix series has had, and they have generally had very good access to F1, I assume that they haven't been allowed into, I'm sure, if they didn't ask to have a look at the driver's briefing i'm surprised they've certainly missed a trick there Mm. yeah i'd I'd love to see what goes on
0: i'm gonna mention it to ted that we get a glimpse of that on the sky coverage there you go then they don't have to watch what's it called drive to
2: crash drive to survive
0: well that's right sarah yes
2: just watch the series that'll remind you
0: (laughs) okay and i'm gonna watch the rest of formula one as well a couple of observations just to make quickly Sonoda. As David Croft said, he was the first Japanese driver since Kobayashi in 2012.
2: 2012, right.
0: That's what he said, to score a point. First driver to score a point since 2012. So, well done,
2: Tsunoda. Yeah, finished ninth, and after that, you know, as I say, spectacular show in qualifying. Yeah, he was a real star this weekend. And also, you've got to say, Perez did very well to get back up to fourth with his problems at the start.
0: Yes. Can you imagine where he would have finished if he actually started from where he should have done?
1: He actually got driver of the day. Correct. He finished in
0: fifth. He actually started from the pit lane right at the very, very back of the grid because he had that car failure during the formation lap. So that was one heck of a
2: drive. But he's done that before, hasn't he? He's come from the back of the field before. Yeah, he's a terrific racer. I'm sorry, yeah, if I said he was fourth before, yeah, sorry, he was fifth at the end. But it was a terrific comeback drive. And yeah, the reliability issue, though, you know, we don't often see a Red Bull conking out on the formation app like that. That must be a slight worry for them. But they had replaced some systems on his car, hadn't they, shortly before the race? so maybe there was some issue that had to do with the bits they have been working on then.
0: There is a slight precedent for that though because at the first race of last year's season in Austria Max car gave up on him after 11 laps. So it's that thing of Red Bull coming out of the blocks before they've really sorted the car but the car does seem to be far more sorted this year than it is normally and let's hope that it stays sorted so we get a really 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 solid season of racing Not not only between Max and Lewis, but, you know, Perez and Bottas too. And let's hope even Leclerc and maybe... Hey, Lando's going to be up there. Lando, yeah. You beat me to it. Maybe too. Leclerc's going to be up there. Yeah. Looking forward to the rest of the season. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. She was Sarah. Goodbye. He was Zog. Goodbye. And I was Gareth. And we'll see you for the next episode of Gareth Jones on Speed. But before we go, I'm going to leave you with a piece of music, which is a familiar way of finishing the episode that celebrates the return of the season. And for one last time, perhaps, this one's going to start with a familiar voice. See ya. Bill Martin, a better team regrets. Ever's departed, The want us back to old team, you know. Different branding, 40 the same. But missed his goal. Lewis maxed out. Max got oil with Honda Cloud on the formation lap. Check her face defeat. Went for a reset, control or delete. Mercedes were great.